and welcome. You're listening to Help with Ashley Yagi, where I share shortcuts to success for optimal mental health, meaningful relationships, and living the life God is calling you to. Because don't we all need just a little help now and then? I know I sure do. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This past fall, I was camping and I crawled into the tent I was sharing with my daughter, my niece, and my nephew. And my nephew was fast asleep, but the girls were still up chatting. This is my second or third time tenting with these two, and it was not uncommon for them to be up late chatting. This time, however, their conversation was different. They were talking about real life struggles instead of the usual light chatter. They related that my niece had told my daughter she'd been struggling at school a lot with anxiety. My daughter had told her about my job and tried to teach her the trick that I'm going to teach you today. I loved that they were having that conversation, and especially that my daughter had sort of listened as I have tried to teach her this cool trick. Over the rest of our trip, I spent some time teaching my niece a few of the shortcuts to success that I love for anxiety, and was reviewing them with her while we were in the hot tub on one of our last days. My nephew came in and asked what in the world we were talking about, and so we told him, and he said he actually feels a lot of anxiety too sometimes. It made me wonder how many kids would agree that they are actually struggling with anxiety sometimes too. Would it be the majority? Would it be half? This camping trip was a week or so after our ward primary program, and I'm in the primary presidency, so was heavily involved with the program. It was the first in two years because we weren't meeting together in 2020, so the kids weren't as used to the programs, and some have a hard time with it regardless. But I was sad to see so many really struggle with feelings of apprehension or even anxiety about participating or being in front of the congregation or even just their peers. But it makes me again wonder how many would admit that they struggle with anxiety too. I know I also shared that my daughter struggles with anxiety. The picture this illuminates for me is alarming. Anxiety is on the rise and our young people are experiencing it in a very real way. A definition I read for anxiety from a New York Times article entitled, Why are more teenagers than ever suffering from severe anxiety states that anxiety is simply, quote, the overestimation of danger and the underestimation of our ability to cope, end quote. So what can we do about this other pandemic, the pandemic of anxiety? I hope to teach you some of my shortcuts so that you can use them and teach them too. So first, does fight, flight, or freeze sound familiar to you? This is that mode that kicks in when our brain is in emergency mode. We enter a hyper alert state where we are ready to jump immediately into action, solving for an immediate threat. But people are spending more and more time in this hyper arousal state, which is meant to be only for true emergencies, like forgetting our homework or a change in our routine or running late. Are these true emergencies? Our brains seem to think so these days. Our bodies get flooded with stress hormones, which prep us for action. This takes us out of thinking mode and moves us into doing mode. It takes our focus and energy away from healing, relaxation, digestion, and higher thought. It is the opposite of rest and digest mode. It is the opposite of contentment and peace. That hyperarousal state is exhausting, and it's difficult to maintain outside of the rare occasional times it is meant for. Hopefully, this can inform why kids come home from school sometimes exhausted or why they are sometimes misbehaving in class. So there's so much information out there on how to recognize and change this, and I invite you to look into it further. 
But today I want to teach you two easy tools for overriding that hyper alert state. Are you ready to hear them? Finally, our breathing can function as an on-off switch for anxiety or fight, flight, or freeze. Isn't that amazing? I think it is so amazing. So I want you to take a moment and place one hand on your upper chest and one hand on the middle of your belly and do this with me. Notice which hand moves when you breathe. Is it your upper hand on your chest or the lower hand on your belly? Take a few breaths. Notice which hand moves the most. If you are in rest and digest mode, you should see your bottom hand, the one on your belly, moving the most. If you are in an anxious or hyperarousal state, the upper hand, the one on your chest, will be the one moving the most. Chest breathing is shallow and generally more rapid. It triggers stress hormones in your body and sends a signal to your brain that something is wrong. Belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing, on the other hand, sends the opposite signal and allows the happy producing hormones such as dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin, as well as allowing our bodies to heal, relax, and digest. To get technical for a minute here, for some of our listeners who want to know the nitty gritty of it all, you may have heard of the vagus nerve. Psychology Today's article entitled Longer Exhalations Are an Easy Way to Hack Your Vagus Nerve, which I'll link to in the show notes, says the following. The vagus nerve is the longest nerve in the human body and facilitates a constant psychophysiological dialogue between your mind, brain, and body. Most importantly, in terms of coping with anxiety, the vagus nerve is the commander-in-chief of the inhibitory parasympathetic nervous system, which is that rest and digest mode, which counterbalances excitatory fight or flight stress responses to maintain homeostasis and grace under pressure. Psychophysiologists have identified that slow, deep diaphragmatic breathing triggers a relaxation response by secreting a vagus substance, also known as acetylcholine, into the bloodstream. Acetylcholine is a self-produced tranquilizer that works to squelch anxiety and distress, also known as bad stress. So isn't it amazing that our bodies were designed so perfectly? We have the ability to move to quick action to preserve our lives. And we also have the ability to create these natural tranquilizers that override stress. A way we can do that is to make a conscious effort to breathe to that lower hand, engage that belly breathing. Does that blow your mind that the way we breathe can determine how much stress we feel? I used to be a notorious chest breather. It has taken some time and awareness to switch my default breathing down to my belly. It's easiest to feel where your breath is when you're lying down, so a great place to practice is as you're trying to fall asleep. Whenever I feel stressed, I try to notice where my breathing sits and make that effort to move it back down to my belly. An article on Helpline reports, quote, diaphragmatic breathing has a ton of benefits. It's at the center of the practice of meditation, which is known to help manage the symptoms of conditions as wide-ranging as irritable bowel syndrome, depression and anxiety, and sleeplessness, end quote. It continues saying, here are more benefits this type of breathing can have. It lowers your heart rate. It helps lower your blood pressure. It improves your body's ability to tolerate intense exercise. It helps you relax and reduces stress, lowering the harmful effects of the stress hormone cortisol on your body such as keeping your immune system from working at full capacity and making you more susceptible to numerous conditions. Over time, long-term or chronic stress, 
even from seemingly minor inconveniences like traffic, can lead to anxiety or depression. So there's a link to that article also in the show notes. So there's so many benefits, right? That type of breathing, again, is called belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing, breathing with your diaphragm. The second hack, my 10-second anxiety hack, is also with the breath, and this is a simple counting technique. So if you simply exhale for a longer time than you inhale, that sends the immediate message to your brain to relax. So if you inhale for four seconds, try to exhale for six or eight seconds and do this for three to five breaths. Inhale for four, exhale for six or eight. Pause this and give it a try. This is a calming breath. Did you try it? Do you feel calmer already? As I teach this to clients, they always say they feel calmer after doing this. You can also reverse this counting for an energizing breath, but that is not the focus of today's topic. Some imagery you can use to help you envision this type of breathing is think about singing, blowing a pinwheel, or blowing bubbles. These things that require that slower, sustained exhale. No wonder kids generally are less stressed, right? They're always doing these things. So you don't have to just take my word for all this. Christopher Berglund shares the following story. He says, quote, I first learned about the vagus nerve and vagus stop as a young tennis player being coached by my late father, Richard Berglund, who was a neurosurgeon, neuroscientist, and author of The Fabric of Mind. Because my dad had to maintain grace under pressure during life or death brain operations, and as a competitive tennis player, he kept a variety of psychophysiological tricks up his sleeve that he'd use to keep his nervous system regulated by consciously engaging his vagus nerve. As a neuroscience-based tennis coach, my dad taught me how to use vagal maneuvers such as taking one deep diaphragmatic inhale followed by one long, slow exhale as I relaxed the back of my eyes and bounced the ball methodically four times before every serve. This belly breathing and ball bouncing ritual helped me stay calm and grounded while playing stressful tennis matches. Notably, the Vegas techniques I mastered on the tennis court have always helped me stay calm, cool, and collected whenever I face daunting challenges or terrifying situations off the court too. Anytime the fight, flight, or freeze stress response of the sympathetic nervous system is unbridled and running wild, it's easy to lose your ability to think clearly. Luckily, simply taking a deep breath followed by a long, slow exhale You can harness your vagus nerve and release a dose of acetylcholine on demand, end quote. I have used this trick to help my youngest kiddo fall asleep on occasion since he was a baby. I place a gentle hand on his middle and add a little pressure as he exhales to encourage the exhales to be just a little deeper. I release the pressure as he begins to inhale and add back just the tiniest bit of pressure as he exhales. I notice his breathing deepen and his body slowly relaxing and then I leave him to fall asleep. He runs and runs all day, so can fall asleep in minutes. (laughs) So I don't know if it's necessary, and he certainly falls asleep fine on the days I don't help guide his breath. But it's really cool to see his little body start to relax under my hand. So my 60-second summary today is this. Anxiety is on the rise. Our brains are misconstruing everyday minor stressors as major emergencies triggering fight, flight, or freeze mode to kick in. But our breathing can function as an on-off switch for anxiety or fight, flight, or freeze. Simply by moving our breathing down to our belly, also known as belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing, 
we engage the vagus response and trigger the relaxation mode known as rest and digest. Also, by lengthening our exhale, we similarly communicate that we have no need of the hyperarousal state and can move right to calm. To do this, we place the hand on our chest and the hand on our belly and inhale for four counts or seconds and slowly exhale for six or eight counts, trying to move just that lower hand and keep the upper hand still. Breathing in this way is always on hand, accessible and available. With just three to five breaths, our bodies can start to calm down. Doing this practice daily a few times a day will lower the amount of stress we feel and allow for clearer, better thinking, relaxation, recuperation, and physical growth and development. It can also prevent a myriad of health problems. So I hope I was able to blow your mind today, and I hope you see this as a doable trick that you can use and that you'll try it out frequently this month. If you know someone you think could benefit, try teaching it to them too. Hopefully, with a little effort, we can start to feel some confidence in our ability to cope with the challenges that we face. I also know that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ stands with us, and He can be the answer to having the strength to cope every time. I also know that He does not give us more than we are capable of handling, so the dangers will never outweigh our ability, especially as we utilize the grace offered through our Savior. Thanks for joining me today. Start implementing the 10-second anxiety trick. Inhale for four counts, exhale for six counts. Move that breathing down to your belly. Have a great day. Talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Subscribe and share to keep these episodes coming. The content shared is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be used for diagnosing or treating a mental health problem.